and welcome to an annexation episode of the Play It As It Lies podcast. Frank, I'm ready to excite and annex some space in your mind. How are you doing this week? No complaints from me, Rodem. Uh, great intro there. Interesting uh, word choice. But uh, it's good to be back with you after a, a very super wildcard weekend, indeed. Uh, not too sure it necessarily lived up to that title, though. Not, not to say that the games weren't entertaining, but... Uh, I think we were both a little bit surprised with uh, how they played out. I, I think we were expecting a lot more close games, uh, competitive matchups, and what we were given was mostly blowouts and uh, some very questionable officiating uh, for most of the games, honestly. Yeah, officiating, I think, really put a, a cloud over what was supposed to be a Super Wildcard weekend. And Honestly, if you listen to our episode last week, I think we painted a more interesting picture than what actually ended up being uh, unfolding. Outside of the first game, I think Raiders-Bengals kind of lived up to fame, but after the, the, the Bills destroyed the Patriots and the Bucks killed the Eagles, mm-hmm. uh, it, I think a lot of potential upsets kind of were killed. And let's not even talk about the Steelers who got ravaged on Sunday night. Uh, and the Cardinals, of course, who with Cliff Kingsbury coming up to the shame uh, we've been calling for all season. So I think outside of Cowboys 49ers, which... Obviously, officiating kind of stands pretty importantly there, and, and Bengals Raiders too. It kind of was disappointing on four out of the six games. Yeah, it was. I mean, the Raiders Bengals game was not a blowout by any means. I mean, it was only uh, you know a six point game, but uh, the fact that uh, a six point game wound up being the the closest spread uh, of any game out of the six is uh, kind of indicative of, of what it was overall. That really wasn't all that much going on. I mean, the Cowboys 49ers game was entertaining, obviously. I mean, that was a six-point spread, too. Uh, but how did, how did the end of that game strike you, Rotom? I mean, that's, that's been the talk of the town all week, is the uh, the, the Cowboys' late collapse, which is uh, not something that's uh, unknown to that organization in recent years. Yeah, and, you know, you're talking to Mike McCarthy, who's number one fan here, as the only guy who's like, yes, this is a great coaching hire, but, God, they should not be starting next season with Mike McCarthy as a head coach, and I feel like his time is done. At the very least, you know, Kellen Moore has had some good times with this team, and I don't know what Jerry Jones's role in all this is, but it felt like that game was in their hands, and then, you know, they got uh, screwed a little bit at the end there with the officiating and, and what happened with Dak Prescott, but... At the end of the day, they should have won that game before that play, and and they lost it within their own volition. So, Mike, buddy, I've been I've been cheering you on this entire life for this podcast, but I think it's time to go. I think we're done for them, boys. It's a sad conclusion if if that's what it comes to. But knowing the Cowboys, the same franchise that let Jerson Garrett stay in the building for a decade, more than a decade, I wouldn't be surprised if McCarthy is back. Uh, next season because Jerry Jones that's uh it's kind of how he rolls sometimes yeah he does uh, and you know makes him one of the more interesting figures in, in the league uh but you know Frank we had six winners six losers obviously we just talked about the Cowboys but uh which loser do you think was the most disappointing and which winner do you think were you most impressed with it's a good question I think the winner that was most impressive was the Buccaneers I'm gonna say uh I think we both kind of expected that game to be uh, relatively close. Um, And, I mean, honestly, you can make a case for any of the other winners for being the most impressive Bills, Chiefs, Rams, uh, Bengals. But I just think the way the Buccaneers 
literally just suffocated the Eagles offense and just the way that they looked was, was very indicative of how they looked in the playoffs last year. And uh, I, I think a lot of people are on the fence about, you know, what what version we we're going to see of Tampa Bay. But based on uh, what Sunday showed, it seems like they're primed for a uh, for another Super Bowl run. Yeah, for, for best team, I think the Bucks are a good answer. I don't know, you know, it's funny to say this after I, I confidently picked the Eagles last week to win, but I don't know how good we were expecting the Eagles to really be out there on the field. Um, we should have saw it this. coming. We really should have saw it coming. <laughs> when I when I picked a plus 300 team, I really should have looked myself more in the mirror and realized that the Eagles were never going to win that game. Uh, and I'm happy for the Bucks, but I think for me the most impressive team were the Rams. Uh, we both had 4.6 point games, sure, in the Rams' favor, but to go out and beat a Cardinals team like that, 20 points, uh, and I think uh, every part of their team looked really good. I think the Rams are a really solid choice, uh, and if not them, maybe the Bills. You know, let's not let's not forget a nice 30 point victory uh, yeah. in, a, in a position that both of us thought maybe they weren't going to do too great in. I think you had it being a four point game, uh, and for worst team, I think I, I'm, you know, let let let's throw it a little bit in their faces. We didn't make the playoffs, but hey, Pittsburgh, that was pretty fucking bad. <laughs> It was. It was terrible. It started off well when they went up 7-0, but uh, it was it was false hope. Um, I think the Cardinals, also a good uh, option for worst team, the way that they completely imploded uh, on Monday night. If you're going to be in the Monday night spot, right, in Los Angeles, where that same Super Bowl this year is going to be played, at least make it entertaining, right? I mean, that's, that's what the Cardinals should be, at the very least, with an offensive-minded head coach. And uh, an exciting young quarterback in Kyler Murray, but it was the exact opposite: turning the ball over, uh, negative yardage. It it was terrible. It was terrible. Clearly, uh, from the beginning of that game, they were not ready to rumble. Uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see how all these teams progress. I think we had some solid choices there. But let's move on to the divisional round. Uh, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Frank, let's do AFC NFC because I think the most exciting game comes on the Sunday of the NFC. So let's start with the Saturday of the AFC. AFC North champions Bengals head up to, head down to Nashville, Tennessee, uh, where they'll play the Music City Titans, who won the AFC South. The number one seed, Frank. Uh, we have yet to talk about, talk about these Titans, but the Titans are currently given a minus three and a half spread, while the Bengals on the road, plus 150 money line. They hit last week, Frank, while rerunning Bengals again. Yeah, you said we've yet to talk about the Titans, and I kind of feel like that's the running narrative right now. It feels like nobody has been talking about the Titans for for a while now, for a lot of this season, uh, despite the fact that they are, of course, the number one seed uh, in the AFC, which is interesting. And I think the Bengals, what they did last week was obviously impressive, uh, ending their 30-plus year playoff drought. Uh, Now they're going to look to end another drought, which is never winning a road playoff game in franchise history, uh, which is crazy to say out loud because, I mean, there's a franchise that's been around for a while now, uh, and it feels like if it was ever going to happen, uh, it would happen now with the way uh, that Joe Burrow has you know, galvanized his team and his fan base. It does kind of feel uh, like there's, there's some magic brewing in Cincinnati. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I'm going to pick the Titans in this game. I think there's a lot in this matchup that favors Tennessee. I mean, they're at home, one, uh, coming off a bye, obviously. Uh, under Mike Vrabel, and this is the playoffs, so it's different, but under Mike Vrabel, uh, in the four times that they've come off a bye, 
Uh, Tennessee is 4-0 with an average win margin with an average margin of victory of just over 20 points. So I think Vrabel is going to have this team ready to go, ready to play. Uh, I think they're going to be able to run the ball on Cincinnati uh, with Derrick Henry back in the lineup. And unless it gets into a full-out, a full-on shootout, which I think probably favors the Bengals, uh, then I think the Titans can win this game. And I'm going to take them to cover the three and a half. Uh, but I'm going to say it'll be a four-point game because I do think uh, there's definitely a path for Cincinnati to cover that three-and-a-half point spread. Yeah, I think that's a fair pick. And, you know, I, di- I didn't want to go into this game with my usual shtick of the fact that I generally just don't like the Titans. And, you know, a hater's going to hate. But uh, with Derrick Henry back, uh, it's... It's hard to do so, uh, but I mean, we can't forget about how talented this Bengals connection is. I think if you rank the quarterback number one wide receiver connections in this in the playoffs left uh, behind Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers and maybe Tom Brady and, and Mike Evans, number three right there is Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, the LSU connection uh, that is running amok already in the playoffs. He was the number one receiver uh, for, for the week the, uh, last week, and he did a terrific job. Uh, I think you bring up a good point. You know, Derrick Henry, best running back in the NFL. If he can run on these Bengals, like I think every team that beat them did, the Packers beat them for 133 yards, the Chiefs had 155 on them, the Broncos 133, the Browns 153. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're going to be able to beat them. But we've seen before the Bengals stand up, have a great game on the running game, especially against solid running backs. Dalvin Cook only had 61 yards. Uh, the Vikings in total only had 67. Both games against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson and the entire running game were entirely shut down. It's only 36 yards to the Lions, which, sure, they're the Lions, but they still have DeAndre Swift. And the Steelers, in two games, allowed only 96 yards. So maybe they just stood up for those divisional games against the Ravens and Steelers a little bit more, but I would be surprised if this is in the same kind of fashion they bring these games. Holding even the Niners to 100 yards is a pretty solid feat, uh, and I think that that is something incredibly doable for the Bengals, and I think that's the key to this game. I think it matters that Burrow and Chase have a solid game, but it all comes down to that defensive line uh, that might be without Trey Hendrickson. Uh, but I still believe in them. I think that they are going to show up. I think this is going to be another Zach Taylor win uh, and Bengals to the AFC Championship. Yeah, I mean, that is that is the key. It, it lies in the trenches, like you said. Uh, and they might, they're, they're not supposed to have Larry Ogunjobi playing either, who's out with an injury, which is just another big loss in the defensive line. Um, but if Cincinnati can find a way to slow down Tennessee's rushing attack, then they can absolutely win this game because Tennessee. Uh, 25th versus the pass this year, their defense. And we know that the Bengals' uh, passing attack is high-flying, explosive, and and you can kind of assume that they're going to put up at least 20-plus points uh, in this game. But it's been a great story for Cincinnati. I don't want to sound like a hater, but to me, this seems like a spot where the Magic maybe runs out and the rubber meets the road. I I just feel like Tennessee uh, has been good for several years now, but they haven't always done amazing in the playoffs. And and I feel like this is a spot uh, where they, you know, kind of remind people that they are the number one seed this year. And maybe they feel a little bit disrespected right now. Um, And uh, I think that plays in their favor. And I I think they come out with a victory. I'm going to say 25 to 21, the very unique score. That is a very unique score. And I, I like your argument, and I think it, it comes back to what you were saying at the very beginning, is that no one's been talking about the Titans, and I think there's two very different narratives here based on who wins. Remember you know, the Titans. 
remember. Yeah, them. I mean, we, people have to remember the Titans, and, and and with the Titans, it's the number one seed. It's forgotten. They're they're big. They're they got to be respected here. But Bengals, young team, make that run to the AFC Championship, like the Randy Moss Vikings, uh, like the Larry Fitzgerald Cardinals. Sometimes you just get those young bucks that just can run a team all the way to the end there, and it would I'm sure it would join Jamar Chase into another great list of wide receivers uh, that managed to do that, but. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit more Cincinnati way. I have a lot of faith in these Bengals, uh, especially the talent we've seen on offense, and I hope they manage to get another one. I'm going 28-21. Touchdowns, no field goals. Who needs needs a field goal kicker? I can surely say probably not either of these next two teams. Either that scored touchdowns for touchdowns for touchdowns. Uh, Both scored an insane amount of points last week, and it's the Bills at the Chiefs. Uh, I think it's, you know... We can talk about the Titans being the number one seed, but the true number one and number two heirs uh, to the AFC crown, the Bills and the Chiefs playing each other. Uh, I'm so excited for this game with a minus two and a half spread for the rematch from the regular season. The Buffalo Bills plus 115 already tells you how close this is going to be. It's in Arrowhead. It's supposed to be a little bit cold, not too snowy, though. Uh, Are we rocking with the Bills uh, after their 40-point performance or the Chiefs after their 40-point performance? Yeah, this is this is definitely the game uh, of the weekend, I think, and maybe even the game of the whole season up to this point, you could say. Uh, and after watching Buffalo uh, completely dismantle the Patriots on Saturday night, uh, I, I feel like a lot of people, myself included, kind of told themselves there's no way that this Bills team uh, isn't getting to the AFC Championship. But then, of course, they happen to be a matchup with the Chiefs, who themselves absolutely dismantled their own opponent uh, on Sunday night. Uh, so it's two heavyweights, I think very similarly built teams. Uh, I think the Bills spent uh, a lot of this offseason uh, in preparation for this potential playoff rematch, uh, rebuilding their defensive line. Uh, they still have an explosive passing attack. Uh, I think that there's a strong argument to be made that the Bills can and will uh, win this game. And I was, I was leaning that direction. I was on the fence, but it's Kansas City at home, and it's two and a half points. And I just can't, I just can't pick against them in this spot. I, I don't feel great about picking the Chiefs, but I'm going to go that way. And I think when it comes down to it, I just trust Kansas City, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, uh, a little bit more than I do Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. And a uh, weird stat, wrote him. the Bills this season, they're 0-6 in games that have been decided by single digits. Uh, so if they don't blow teams out, at least this season, uh, they don't win. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to be blown out in this spot. And uh, I have more faith in them to, to make plays in clutch moments uh, than I do the Bills. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and, you know, one of those blowouts, let's also not forget that week five win uh, in, in Arrowhead 38-20 to 20 mm. by the Bills. Uh, and, and that's, I think, a game I want to look to because you kind of you see all of these blowouts that they have, 43-21 to 21 to the Washington football team. They obviously beat the Texans by 40, you know, however fun that is. Crush the Dolphins, crush the Jets, crush the Saints. You know, I feel like they did a solid job, especially if you look past their, fa- their past four games. Uh, pretty much since that Buccaneers game, uh, they have really kicked ass, especially for Josh Allen, who has been the most inconsistent throughout this path. And I think, kind of similar to what I was just saying with the Bengals' offensive line, this all rests in whether this is the good version of Josh Allen or the bad version of Josh Allen. 
And I think this is a, a, this is a streak. He, he's not going to slow it down at this point. I don't think that the Chiefs' defense, which was looking very good in the middle of the uh, the, the middle of the season, has kind of regressed back to its early season status. And I don't think I, I'm not expecting the fact that Josh Allen is is very capable of running all over this defense and throwing all over. I think if there's a solid chance that he might get over 500 all-purpose yards in this game, and, and 100 of those could even come on the ground. This guy is playing phenomenal football, and he's done it against a very solid amount of defenses. You just look at what he did to the Patriots, a team that I don't think anyone can argue isn't is in the top 10 defense. Uh, what he managed to do to the Patriots a few weeks ago, what he mentioned to do to the Panthers, who were a top three defense this season. Shout out, Panthers. Shout out the Panthers. I'm sure you're glad that they, they get a mention at some point in this playoffs. But uh, what Josh Allen has done against better defenses, I think, is worth noting. And I think that's worth the risk uh, of betting on these bills because the Chiefs, you know, they are the Chiefs. They are Patrick Mahomes. They are Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid and whatever is the superpower back there. But this season, all season long, they've been a very different version of the Chiefs than what we're used to. And maybe that comes and hits them. Maybe that becomes a problem this week. And I know it's not all of value at plus 115, but I want to believe. I want to believe in Josh Allen. I want to believe on Stephon Diggs. Brian Dable, who for some reason is about to become an NBA NFL head coach. Leslie uh, Frazier. Leslie Frazier. Uh, everyone. Everyone in the city of Buffalo. I want to see them jump through more tables. And uh, that that's why I'm going Bills here. Yeah, I mean, it's a strong case. Uh, like I said, I was 50-50 on the fence. Uh, but I, I got to see it to believe it but before I'm ready uh, quite yet to say that the Chiefs are going to lose uh, in this spot at home. And it is interesting that you bring up the game earlier this year because if you date back to their playoff match matchup last year, uh, Chiefs winning that one, obviously, and then the Bills uh, winning the regular season game earlier. If the Chiefs had won in the regular season earlier this year, then I would feel more comfortable and I probably would, honestly, pick the Bills because I think it's hard to beat a team three times in one calendar year or one year. Uh, but the fact that they split, you know, one one, um, for what it's for, for whatever that's worth, makes me feel more comfortable uh, in taking Kansas City. Uh, I'm gonna say they win by field goal, maybe the 27 to 24 range. Although, could see this being a one or two point game, in which case Buffalo would cover with that plus two and a half. That's crazy because I didn't even look at your score, but Frank, I'm also going 27 to 24, but I'm going Buffalo's way uh, in Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, that that's crazy. Twenty four, twenty seven to twenty four is the way to bet. Uh, does that hit the under? No, that is going to hit a nice solid under. Yeah, I think the unders. I mean, fifty four points is a lot, right? And we know it's fifty four uh, because of what these two teams are and how many points they can score uh, and how many points they did score last week. But I feel like most of the time, if you have a over under that's set that high, it usually ends up being on the lower end of the spectrum. Especially in the playoffs. Exactly. I mean, it'll be a chess match, two good coaching staffs. Um, Don't have any numbers to back that up, but that's just just a hunch. Yeah, I think that's a solid hunch. Uh, Between these two AFC games, before we jump over to the other conference, uh, if I give you odds of, let's say, plus 150 for the first game and minus 150 for the second game, which one of these two teams, which one of these two two games do you think is going to produce the AFC champion? Plus one fifty for the Bengals Titans, minus one fifty for Bills Chiefs. Yeah. Obviously, minus one fifty isn't great odds, but I would still say that Bills or Chiefs will will ultimately go on. 
to the Super Bowl. Don't don't quite trust the Bengals or the Titans um, to beat either of either of these teams. But that you know, opinions could change after this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think even I probably should have set the numbers a little bit higher. But I think even at those odds, I think it's it's very solid that whoever wins between the Bills, Chiefs, like I mentioned, the true number one and number two in the AFC hmm. will be exciting. But uh, you know, Frank, speaking of AFC, uh, speaking of championship game rematches, let's move back to Saturday for a special rematch of uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite team, his homegrown team, the San Francisco 49ers, the, his favorite team when he was a child. Uh, and those 49ers come into his home of Lambeau Field at plus 220 money line to try and beat the number one seeded Packers. Packers have a home field advantage of minus six and the Lambeau Arctic snow. Frank, I think you have more news to us about the Lambeau snow this Sunday. So uh, on to you, Mr. Meteorologist. I do. And usually it's you, Rotom, who wears the topper shut hat on this podcast. But uh, I was doing some digging uh, about, about weather-related things in this matchup. Uh, it's going to be about 17 degrees, but with the wind chill, could be closer to zero, and uh, decent decent probability that we get some snowfall in Lambeau. Uh, and I'll, I'll transition to that, unless you have something else to say, uh, to my prediction for this game. No, go ahead. I think a lot of people are, are talking themselves into the 49ers uh, with a plus 20, you know, 220 money line, uh, potentially winning this game. And I get it because on paper it is not a terrible matchup for San Francisco, given that uh, they can run the ball, they play pretty good defense, and those things travel on the road, especially in the playoffs. But I I can't do it. I can't pick against the Packers in this spot. Uh, you can't convince me that Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, who's never thrown a professional pass in his career, when the temperature was less than forty degrees is going to go into Lambeau uh, against uh, a sitting giant in Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers and win this game. I think it could be competitive. I think it could be maybe not down to the wire, but decided in the fourth quarter out of respect to San Francisco and you know the momentum that they've built heading into this matchup. But I don't, I don't see the case for, for the 49ers winning this game. Plus six covering, sure, but uh, to me, I won't say one hundred percent lock because you know it is the playoffs and the Forty Niners did get here for a reason. But uh, I feel pretty strongly about the Packers winning this game. Yeah, that, that's a feeling I can I can truly second because to me this is the most certain uh, of, of all the games, and I think it's why San Francisco was handed the big money line and the biggest spread uh, of the weekend and. You know, I don't know if there's more, much more to add. Uh, if we can't trust Jimmy G, I think there's there's really no faith in the 49ers because they're going to need to put up yards uh, on Aaron Rodgers, who is so used to being in this exact situation. Uh, and I think it's hard when you're yeah. – well, and especially now that they're getting back Tiari, that they got back Tiari back. Jair Alexander is going to be back this week. Zadarius Smith just returned to practice, still unsure if he's going to play. But that that's that's a powerful big three that I know you've, you mentioned at the beginning of the playoffs mm. that is – is coming full storm right at the 49ers and it's like adding three you know the last three infinity stones to the gauntlet that that's what that is right uh, the packers before this the number one seeded packers were thanos before uh before infinity war and now we're talking about endgame thanos mm-hmm. and uh i don't think aaron Rodgers is gonna is not gonna snap him away so i think this is a very solid chance for the packers 
to uh, really kick some 49er ass here. I don't think there's a lot more to add. This really is no chance for San Francisco here, to me. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, we're not trying to sound disrespectful to the 49ers. I mean, we, we understand what they are, how they got here. But uh, even last week, I mean, in that victory over the Cowboys, if a couple more plays, you know, go the other way, then they don't win that game. And they got out to a big lead, and they let the Cowboys get back into the game in the fourth quarter when really they should have just locked up the victory by then. And uh, if Dak Prescott plays better, makes a few more throws, then uh, I think you really could have seen the Cowboys win that game. And, you know, a quarterback who's better than Dak Prescott who will make those throws is uh, Aaron Rodgers. So I think it's not a terrible matchup for San Francisco, but their secondary versus Green Bay's passing attack is a a very favorable matchup. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, Do you think that any of Aaron Rodgers' history with the 49ers actually helps here? You know, especially with the fact that it's his first game back. The last time they played in the playoffs was the NFC Championship which, of course, was probably Rodgers' last chance that he felt like it. Uh, you think this is last dance territory kind of game? We're about to see the truest, fullest power of Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you could probably say that. I'm sure that, you know, to this day, he probably still holds a grudge with the 49ers for not drafting him. And now that the opportunity to get his first playoff win over this franchise uh, is out in front of him, uh, I can't imagine that he doesn't seize upon that opportunity. And of course, the fact that, you know, the Packers have gotten to the NFC Championship game in back-to-back years uh, and come up short. And now they have home field again. And I can't imagine that, I just can't imagine that they lose in the divisional round when the chance to, you know, exercise their demons and and get over that uh, NFC Championship game hunt is, is right in front of them. Yeah, uh, I think that it was very well put and a solid uh, little bow on the fact that Packers probably going to win this game. And, uh, the, sac- the Packers are probably going to win, uh, probably in a credible fashion. I do want to give the Niners a chance. You know, it, running is their style, and in, in the tundra, I'm sure it'll be easy. They'll probably put up 23. But uh, Packers explosion here. I'm going 23-35, a nice 12-point victory for the Pack. That's a big score. Uh, I'm going to go on the closer side. I still think this will be a pretty convincing win, but I'm going to say uh, Packers 28 to 23, San Francisco. So I think San Fran will cover plus six. I think, I mean, that, that's a lot of points. It's almost a touchdown. Um, but Packers, uh, I agree, will be victorious. That's going to be a good game. But once again, Saturday is going to be upended by Sunday, where a much better matchup of two teams that are probably more likely to make the Super Bowl. Uh, the Rams at the Buccaneers. We go from this year's Super Bowl stadium, the SoFi Stadium, to back and back to Raymond James, where the last Super Bowl was held, and the Super Bowl champions, the Buccaneers, coming straight off their Eagles victory, uh, will defend home turf minus three. Rams come in plus one thirty money line. Uh, Rams looked good. Buccaneers look good. Which one do you think is going to look better in this game, Frank? I think out of all the games this week, uh, to me, this this has been the most difficult one. Uh, to predict, e- even against that Bills and Chiefs game where I was on the fence, because I just don't know. I think it, it's really hard to pick against Tom Brady in the playoffs, obviously. I mean, his, his resume and playoff record goes without saying. Uh, and on the other side of the spectrum, 
you have the Rams quarterback, Matt Stafford, who quite literally just won his first playoff game uh, last week. But at the same time, I, I think this is not a terrible matchup for the Rams, maybe even a good matchup. I mean, if you're the Buccaneers, I think the one team that you probably didn't want to face in this spot uh, is Los Angeles with the firepower that they have on offense and, of course, the, the tremendous talent that they have on defense. It's going to be tough for, for the Buccaneers to get past the Rams in this spot. Uh, I'm going to say the Rams cover plus three, but I, I'm on the fence. Uh, I'm going to lean Buccaneers win a very close matchup, one or two point game. I can see it going the other way, but uh, I'll swing it over to you, Rotom, see if you can add any more, any more insight. Yeah, I think uh, you might have been expecting me to lean here at the Rams way, but Frank, as usual, Tom Brady in the playoffs, we have a lot of statistics we can read, but there's there's two simple ones. 21-4 at home in the playoffs, 8-1 in Raymond James this season. I want to say whatever I can, but Tom Brady knows how to play in Florida. He knows how to play at home, and especially how they looked at home in the Eagles. Um, it, it, it's it's hard. I know they're one loss this season. Home favorites against the Rams week three uh, was a big game. I picked for the Rams pick, but similar to what you were saying about the Bills and the Chiefs, Sometimes it's easier to beat a team you've lost to than it is to beat a team for a second time because you, you probably unleashed everything you've had. Um, but the Bucks only get stronger. Leonard Fournette or even maybe Ronald Jones will be back this game, but I think it's Tommy Terrific that is the key here. Uh, you know, last time we saw him play Sean McVay, you know, never never been a good time for McVay against Brady, never been a good time for the Rams against Brady except for Week 3, and never been a good time to play Brady in the playoffs, especially not at home. The numbers don't lie, and, and as much as I hate to say it, I think we're seeing the Bucks back to the NFC Championship. Yeah, and I think some of those injuries on Tampa Bay's offensive line are, are going to be key, especially, I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday night. We'll, we'll obviously know more as it gets closer to Sunday as to whether Wirfs and Ryan Jensen uh, are going to play because, I mean, it goes without saying, the Rams have a, a tremendous defensive line. So that's a matchup that I think the Rams could exploit if either of those guys uh, are not playing. And in that case, you know, the likelihood of Los Angeles winning this game, I think, increases. But if you just ignore all the numbers and, and everything you can quantify and you just picture the Rams beating the Buccaneers and Tom Brady at home, or, or, or more so Tom Brady and the Buccaneers losing at home in the second round of the playoffs, not getting to the NFC Championship game, then I think that becomes becomes harder to fathom. So sometimes, you know, it, it's the little things, Rotom. It's the uh, it's the qualitative factors that uh, that make you want to pick the Buccaneers in this game. Yeah, and I think that that's a great. That's almost the exact same scenario that I played in my head. Is like, can you really see the Buccaneers not making it? We've been in this position so many times before with Tom Brady and, and his Patriots of, of sitting there hoping that the Jets. Or, or the Jaguars that one year, or obviously even our Ravens can beat him. But you come up in positions where you're 14 points up against him and somehow you're losing on a field goal because Billy Cundiff doesn't know how to kick or mm. because the Jaguars' front office doesn't know how to run an offense. It happens. Tom Brady knows how to get every advantage he possibly can, and he's going to find one this year. I think it might be on some last-second field goal, last-second touchdown something, but I'm going 28-27. Buccaneers win by one point at home. 
Well, I don't want to copy you uh, word for word, Rotom, but I'm also going to take the Buccaneers to win by, by a single point. I'm going to say 24, 24 to 23, and uh, we want the rematch, right? We want Packers, Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game back in Lambeau. The two MVP favorites uh, going head-to-head. Uh, we need it. We really need it. We need it. I mean, absolutely. Like that's not even that's not even a joke, right? When they make this last dance documentary for Aaron Rodgers with all of his with his Devonte Adams being out, filled with with Jair Alexander going down in the middle of the season, with with him lifting the MVP trophy the week before the Super Bowl. This this rematch. This will be the the crux. This will be uh, what what Michael Jordan was talking about playing uh, the Pistons. This will be him talking about the Pacers. This mm. this is such a, so important for the future of his legacy as a Packer and for what goes down as this last dance season. And I want to see Aaron Rodgers take that one more swing at Tom Brady. Uh, and I, I hope for it to God it happens. But Packers Bucks, that's going to be a great championship game. And I think uh, it looks like we're both agreeing that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean it's not not to slight the 49ers or in this case the Rams. I mean, if either of those teams were to win, it would still make for a good uh, NFC Championship game and uh, a worthy opponent to whoever they face, if not, you know, facing each other. But it just feels like, I mean, really since last year, around since the last NFC Championship game, that the Packers and Buccaneers were kind of destined to, uh, you know, meet on a collision course uh, to rematch, especially with the way that the game ended. Uh, with the Packers, you know, kicking the field goal instead of going for it on fourth down, uh, Brady throwing three interceptions in the second half, and the Buccaneers still coming out on top. It was a climactic, dramatic game, and uh, I think everyone, you know, has been waiting to see it unfold again. And uh, I know we are. We are. We are. I mean, that's uh, this is this is Rockets Warriors type stuff. You know, uh, mm. th- this has become. You know, similarly, I think the Chiefs-Bills, I think Buccaneers-Packers currently the, the one and two in the league. And I think that, that becomes an interesting question. What, what do you think is more likely here? Do you think... So we obviously agreed that the Bills and the Chiefs are probably AFC representatives. What do you think is more likely, giving you the same odds as last time, that plus 150, Rams, 49ers make the Super Bowl, minus 150, Packers and Bucks? Would you be tell- willing to take that plus 150? I mean, essentially just for the Rams, right? I feel like the 49ers are kind of equal footing as Bengals and Titans. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to sound, you know, I don't want to go chalk again, but I would still go with, with the minus the minus odds for uh, the Packers or, or Buccaneers. Um, I don't know if I trust the 49ers and Rams more or less than I do the, you know, their equivalent underdogs in the AFC, the Bengals and Titans, but... I just think the Packers and Buccaneers are just on a, a different pedestal. I think the Rams are probably right below them and, and above the 49ers. But if the Rams win and it's Rams-Packers, I think the Packers probably win that game. And if the Buccaneers win and the 49ers beat the Packers, no chance that the 49ers would, would beat the Buccaneers, I think. And we don't have to get ahead of ourselves. But that's just uh, – needless to say, I, I think the Packers and Buccaneers are – the clear-cut two best teams in the NFC right now. Yeah, I, I think that is a, a pretty a, a universally agreed-upon statement at the moment. Um, I think but, the both two. But you love the Rams, Frodo. I mean, I like the Rams, but you've loved the Rams all year. Yeah, and... you know, I've, I've been a big Rams fan. I've been known to be a Rams fan. 
Right. And now, you know, they're two games away from getting to the Super Bowl, one game away from getting to the NFC Championship game, and uh, and, and you're fading them. It, does that just have more to do with the matchup, I'm guessing? It's just because they're playing the Buccaneers? Yeah, I mean, I don't agree with you 100% in what you just said about the Packers and Rams. I think if that makes a matchup, I think the Rams have a shot. I think it's the Buccaneers. I think it's Tom Brady at home. I think it, it's it's what we know about how with situations like this that kind of makes me fade. And specifically just because the Rams, you know, they, they've been in this position before where they kind of let loose after the first win and they don't have everything they need to. I know we just saw Cam Akers return and, and all the weapons in their arsenal are, are really there aside from Robert Woods, but it feels like they should have everything. And we talked about it last week that it'll be kind of embarrassing if they don't make it, but the Buccaneers, just not the guys I want to be going up against right now. You said the Buccaneers would be fearing the Rams, but I think the Rams would be fearing the Buccaneers in this situation. If I was the Rams, I'd rather play the Packers. I'd rather play the Niners. But if I was the Bucks, I would rather play the Packers and the 49ers too. So... I think this that's what makes this game so hard to pick, right? I think these are the, the these offenses are built perfectly against these defenses and these defenses are built perfectly against these offenses. Hmm. Sometimes things just, just come together exactly how they're supposed to. And and that's what makes football so great, uh, when these two championships come together. Uh, excited for the NFC Championship next week. Uh, very excited actually to see who wins in the AFC because uh, we disagree on both games. Uh, so hmm. we'll see ends up it gets right. Let's see if we go half and half. Uh, but, Frank, before we finish talking about these teams, let's talk about a few players. Uh, we got none of them right last week, but do you want to take another shot at a top passer, top receiver, and top running back for the week? Yeah, absolutely. Start, starting with passer, um, obviously some great quarterbacks left in the field. Uh, I think the best odds that I see, uh, Josh Allen, 6-1, to one, have the most passing yards, uh, plus 600. Uh, that's the third lowest, right ahead of Ryan Tannehill and Jimmy G. Uh, obviously, I picked the Chiefs to beat the Bills, but I can see a scenario where that happens, uh, and Josh Allen still throws for you know, almost 400 yards. And it's a high-scoring game, uh, and it does not amount to a victory, but uh, he still throws for more passing yards than any other quarterback uh, this week. Yeah, Josh Allen's a good pick, and uh, I might save that pick for later, but I- I'm going to go Rodgers. I just think I, we, we both laid out a very solid case that the Packers are going to go ham this weekend, uh, and I think that all starts with Rodgers. Uh, even in the cold, you know what this bad, bad man can do, and I think even even at the second-place odds, uh, he, he is a good bet to go with. But uh, for receivers, uh, you know, I'll start off, you know, jumping right from there. I wanted to go Devontae Adams. He's also second place right behind Cooper Cup. Uh, but I'm going to go a little lower down the list, and I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Obviously, I'm picking the Bengals. I mentioned it. I think they're the third best combination of wide receivers behind Devontae Adams. Wouldn't put Stafford and Cup ahead of them just yet. Um, but Chase, he's got pretty solid value, just around plus 650, and just plus plus 750. And that that's pretty good for a guy who easily could break 100 yards. And on a good given day, break two by a mile. Uh, so, Chase, how about you, Frank? Yeah, Chase, a great pick, obviously. He's he's crazy good. The fact that, you know, he's up in this conversation with Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, you know, ahead of Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, uh, speaks to, uh, you know, where, where he is really as a receiver uh, this season. I'm going to stick with the same game, Buffalo, Kansas City. I'm going to say Tyree Kill, 14-1 uh, to 1 odds to have the most receiving yards. Probably not the most glamorous pick right now because Tyreek Hill, oddly enough, only has one 
100-yard receiving game uh, since October 3rd. Uh, but to me, that, that just speaks to the fact that uh, I think he's due. I think he's due for a huge game. And I think he's been quiet for too long, and the Chiefs have still been winning in spite of that. But uh, we, we know who Tyree Kill is and that he's capable of popping off at any moment. And uh, he, he usually does in big games like this. So I, I can definitely see him having a, uh, a close to 150-yard receiving performance. I just saw the answer. Uh, I went with Kelsey for the Chiefs last week, and he was only nine yards away. And with the power of Mahomes, you never know how much he can get. Uh, Frank, why don't you finish it off with running back? Yeah, for rushing yards, uh, difficult to pick. Um, Derrick Henry, obviously the, the odds-on favorite to have the most yards in round two. That's an easy direction to go with. None of the other lower options are really that enticing to me. I'm going to say Elijah Mitchell, 7-2. to two. He was the leading rusher from week, from the wild card weekend. Uh, I don't think the 49ers are going to win, obviously, but I think running the ball is their only chance of keeping it competitive, and I think they know that. They don't want the game to come down to Jimmy G uh, winning it for them. So I think based on pure volume, I think Elijah Mitchell, you know, he's probably going to have 20-plus carries, maybe even 25-plus like he did last week. So he could grind out close to 100 yards, uh, if not a little more, uh, and that could be the most of any runner this weekend, and the 49ers could still lose in that scenario. Yeah, I think if you if you just look back to the last time we saw the, the 49ers in a divisional game uh, when, when Jimmy Garoppolo threw... 19 times? I think he, he, he completed somewhere around 11. Uh, but Tevin Coleman, out of nowhere, had 109 yards. Mostert, I think, had somewhere around 102. Uh, and even Matt Breida got a little bit of touches there. So, you know, we know what the 49ers want to do in the playoffs, and I think that's a very, very good pick. But if you want some real value, Frank, you go for the rushing you go for the rushing stat with a, with a non-rushing player. I'm going Josh Allen. You went Debo last week, and I think that was a great pick, but Josh Allen a plus 1,800. I'm calling for a Josh Allen 500 yards from scrimmage game, rushing, passing. Hell, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be amazed if he caught a pass this weekend. Josh mm-hmm. Allen is the guy, this guy, this weekend, and I think a plus 1,800. Why not? Why not take a flyer? I said Jalen Hurts was going to be really good. I was wrong. Maybe this is the rushing quarterback week. Yeah, I mean, he, he runs. He runs a lot. He's had some big runs. He did it. La- he had some big runs last week. Uh, he had some big runs against the Chiefs earlier this season, and uh, he definitely has caught a pass before. I mean, the Bills, you know, Brian Dable, your your favorite coach, Brian Dable, they uh, they do some trickery at times, so I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he gets the triple crown of a passing attempt, a rushing attempt, and a, uh, what am I missing, passing attempt, rushing attempt, and reception. a reception. Yeah, well, Frank, I'm excited for next week's championship weekend. Hopefully we will see that Bucks packers rematch. I'm excited for maybe Bills-Bengals. You're excited for, hopefully, Chiefs-Titans. Uh, I guess that is a rematch as well. Uh, so, you know, a lot to look forward to there. Uh, between now and then, you can make sure to check us out at Play It Pod, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can check me out at Rotom Kaufman. And, Frank, where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can check me out on the Twitter sphere at FrankJP0. And uh, we'll see you in championship weekend. Well, uh, see a week for champions only.